Welcome to today's Off the Circle. On today's show, we're going to be talking to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We have their candidate for Man of the Year, and we have their Boy and Girl of the Year. entrepreneurs and business people learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way off the circle the indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before hey doug it's great to be here today we've got a full house i'm anxious to uh, share with everyone what we've got in store and uh, so This Off the Circle podcast is a very special one. We have, in fact, not not one, but two nominees, one veteran, one new for Man of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And uh, so let's get to it, Doug. Yeah. And this is, of course, near and dear to my heart. I lost my dad and was a Man of the Year candidate, let's see, five years ago, I think it was now. So, uh, so you guys can call me up anytime to do these. I'll, I'll of course support it. So, so let's let's go around and have each person introduce themselves. And uh, Caitlin, we'll start with you. Move around this way. Just say your name and uh, your interest in the uh, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, please. Perfect. And Doug, you might want to be careful. We'll take you up on anything you offer to us. (laughs) You calling you all the time. Uh, My name is Caitlin Sussley. I'm a campaign specialist for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So I have the great pleasure of working on the Man and Woman of the Year campaign uh, and working with phenomenal candidates like Tim Howderlude. And I'll tee it over to you. Then that is a perfect tee off for me. Yes, Tim Howderlude. I am one of the uh, 15 candidates, one of nine men this year that is Man of the Year candidate. I am a 10-year leukemia survivor myself, which is probably the biggest motivator for me doing it this year. Not to mention that the LLS office moved into the same building where my office is. (laughs) So they kind of chased me down. So I figure I had to do it this year. We're within reach at all times. (laughs) And I'm Harry Howe with Howe Leadership. And it's really a a treat to be here today. And uh, it is a burned into my memory that special evening when Doug was uh, part of the group Ooh, and the uh, the dinner there and wow a lot of emotions and and there are things you know that uh, color your emotions and your thinking and, and certainly that was a very memorable evening for me and and some of uh, a group of Doug's friends I remember his mom came up yeah. and and so we'll I'm sure hear more about that. All right, Rachel. I'm Rachel Ralston. I'm Tyler Ralston's mom, and he is this year's Boy of the Year. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> That's a big smile he just had on his face. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta say hi to everybody. Uh, hi, I'm Tyler Ralston. I'm the Boy of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And your sister's here too. You want to say hi? <laughs> Well, that's not sister. Oh, no, that's Tyler's sister. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi. Hi, I'm Kim Lyon, and I am Piper's mom, and Piper is the girl of the oh, year. Oh, okay, that's where we go. See, I, I didn't do enough pre-work on this podcast, so I'm really messed up. Well, welcome. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. 
Yay! What a handsome group around the table. Uh, <laughs> aside from us, yes. You must say that to everybody who yeah. comes in here. <laughs> Doug, what are some of your memories uh, of that special night for you? And, and then maybe follow up with um, maybe one or two uh, words of advice for Tim. Holy comes into this well well the one thing is uh lls just from an organization standpoint I, I i don't know that a lot of people that aren't in the community are aware you know of how much work that they do from an advocacy standpoint taking care of families taking care of uh the kids and, and everything else and so that's one thing um uh so the organization i just can't say enough nice things about just an incredible organization put on multiple events you know every year this is i think the biggest fundraiser for the year one of our top ones. So yeah. uh, thank you very yeah. much. It is, you know, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, we are so blessed to work with the volunteers and the kids that we do with our campaign. Uh, our Man and Woman of the Year specifically is one of our most loved campaigns. Yeah. It's the 11th year that we've done this campaign here in Indianapolis. Uh, and we are proud to say that we are competitive with the LAs of the world, yeah. the DCs of the world, of all these major cities. Indianapolis is right up with them. And that really just speaks to the community that we have here in Indianapolis, that we have volunteers like yourself, Doug, like Tim, uh, like the Ralstons and the Lions, who are so committed to being a part and giving all that they can in this campaign. Uh, so yes, it is, it is a, a wonderful organization to be a part of, and the work that LLS is doing is very exciting, not just here locally, but nationally as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from a, from a disease standpoint, you know, I, I had lost my dad to it, but he was 72 years old. So it was late onset and everything else. There wasn't a lot of treatment that he could get. But one of the things that people don't realize is when children, you know, uh, come down with this, they have a incre the, the chances of, you know, full survival back to normal, everything else for the rest of their life is incredible, right? Those numbers are off the charts. Absolutely, it has doubled, tripled, in some cases quadrupled uh, for survival expectancy. And there's not only that the rates have increased, but the types of treatment are becoming, you know, chemotherapy. When you think back to the 1960s when that was first created, it was developed to treat blood cancers. Uh, but it can have some really toxic long-term and short-term effects on patients. So how do we go from not just having treatments that can access these cancer cells, but how can we provide treatment that allow it to not have as many effects, as many harmful conditions for kids, for yeah. adults, for seniors, so that they don't necessarily have to take a break, that they can continue to have treatment, whether that's picking it up at their, their local pharmacy or if they do have to go to the hospital to receive it, uh, that they are still able to continue life and go to school, right, guys, and take part in sports. and <laughs> Well, you might be talking things. them out of it now. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. That they're like, wait a minute, we don't want to go to school. But no, it's, uh, it's been so exciting. In the last two years, we've seen over 40 FDA approvals. And 34 wow. of those have been funded by LLS at some point within their, uh, their, their kind of conception. A good year is two and a great year is four. So the fact that we've had 40 in the last two years, this isn't just a one-hit wonder. It's, yeah. We're on to something. We're on to something not just in the blood cancer sphere, but that there is so much great work happening uh, for various types of cancers. And, serious diseases as That's well. Mm -hmm. The uh, the campaign itself, Harry talked about a little bit, um, but I think I said it was the most stressful, most rewarding, but most stressful. I, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, 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 you know, I had a friend of mine that nominated me and I got involved and it was literally sprint. 
It was from day one to the, you know, to the event. It was sprint. I, I, ne- I had never asked people for checks before. So that was an experience worth living. <laughs> Going to all of my friends saying, dig, <laughs> dig deep. You know, uh, I, I need to, and I joke with people that um, LLS never like ranks anybody. You know the winner at the end of the night. But I did get like a wink and a nod that I wasn't on bottom, which just made me happy. You know, I was like, thank goodness, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I'm never going to ask anybody for money ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I've done my 10 yeah. and, and I'm done. And it is a full commitment. You know, week Tim is in week three right now. Nice. Uh, so still very early on in the campaign, but it is something that, you know, it, it is a marathon. It is yeah. a sprint. It's both of them combined. When you're trying to describe this campaign, there's so many words and emotions that come to mind. Right. But ultimately, it takes someone who has this selfless, passion for serving others they have these strong mission connections but also that our boy and girl of the year piper and tyler they are the inspiration and the why for so many of our candidates and their families and the fact that these two again they've got sports going on school going on lots of other things that they're willing to share their time with us and inspire these candidates is absolutely remarkable and we've got two of the very best <laughs> tyler's like cut to the chase you don't need to say anything else anymore i know I'm you great. guys are like stars for a year though right you get your pictures taken you get to dress up you go to all these events it's pretty fun right yeah that's good that's good Tyler actually inspired one of our uh, one of our woman of the year her campaign hashtags, which is cool times a hundred. Because that's how he described being the boy of the year. We nice. asked him, "What does it mean to be the boy of the year?" And he said, "It's like cool times a hundred. So that is the that really the motivation yeah. <laughs> on a trending level too. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So Doug, let's circle back to a couple of words of advice to Tim. You know, it was getting the Rolodex out and putting the pressure on. That was that was all I can say was, you know, it was uh, the, all of the, you know, connections that I had. They were corporate connections that really helped and, and were able to write checks. My my business, uh, I totally bailed on my business at the time. So Jen Lisak was helping me and, and she pretty much ran the day to day. I was like, I, got, I just got to go get money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And so it was, it was very familiar. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, but like I said, it was, it was one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done. And, and, uh, and I've been off and on kind of participating uh, every year with LLS since. And I, I always tell people I'm, I'm not going to be nominated again. <laughs> that was good, but I'll help support anybody that's going for it. So I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, may, maybe we can hear your story as well. 10 year survivor. That's incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, probably longer ago than that when it comes right down to it. I had a very slow progressing form of leukemia known as hairy cell leukemia. And in hindsight, I thought I was in my early 40s and having three kids and a job and uh, trying to have some kind of a life. The reason I was slowing down was I was getting old. Didn't want to admit that. And uh, progressively had more and more sinus infections, walking pneumonia. Et cetera, et cetera. We got to the point where I couldn't kick any of these things. And I yeah. was constantly seeing doctors going in. I was going to basically go in for some minor sinus surgery, and they did some blood work. And I'll never forget, it was the weekend before the Super Bowl. And this is back in the day when people still had landlines, which I know people listening to this will go, What's a landline for a phone? Perfect. Have you ever seen the telephones with the wires in the wall? A home phone. Not, yeah. not these things. <laughs> 
And at 6.30 on a Monday morning, I get a phone call from the, from the hospital saying, we need you to do one more test because the numbers don't look correct. And they weren't. When I went in there and had them done, and let's just say, by the grace of God, we had a, a, an awesome oncologist show up that same morning and start us through the process. And within a month, I was admitted after they tried to uh, try to, to reinforce or, or confirm their diagnosis, eight, uh, eight uh, pints of blood later, and I was still at a hemoglobin level of about four. Wow. That I probably needed to stay in the hospital and, yeah. and get some attention. So yes, it was uh, quite the experience. But myself, compared to some of the people I've seen and heard since then, it's been amazing. My treatment was really pretty easy as it goes by that standard. I was in the hospital for one week straight, constantly for 24 hours a day, chemo bag on. I told people the, the most times I felt the sickest would have been once a day they would give me anti-nausea drugs and I felt sicker after the anti-nausea <laughs> drug than I did during the other period of time. Yeah. But uh, knock on wood, they said it was going to be one course of treatment and potentially another one six months later. Did not even have to do the other one six months later. So again. Uh, very blessed, very simple compared to what a lot of people go through. Doesn't mean that it isn't any less scary as you go through that process, but right. uh, um, happy to give back. And as I, we were sharing earlier, I think now that being more and more involved and seeing kids like this motivates you more. Absolutely. Um, I have even had people reach out to me and the beauty of this, and we, Caitlin and I were making a, a talk this morning to another group of uh, fellow colleagues of mine realizing um, just their time where you start getting the stories or they stop you after a presentation and want to tell you about their kids a parent a neighbor that has been through it or can you they just want to share yeah and I tell people when I first start talking to them yes I'm here to try to raise money yes the the competitive gene in me kicks in however I think the compassionate gene also kicks in and I, I want you my first priority is people to share the story Get some get some compassion from sharing the stories, and then, you know, if the if the wallet or the credit card comes out, that's a great thing. Too. Right, and there's and from a stats standpoint, there are some strong stats. Like it's some like two out of three Hoosiers know somebody who's been. You know, every impacted. every three minutes, every yeah. three minutes, someone in the United States is diagnosed with a blood cancer. And even though you know we talked a little bit earlier about the great strides that are being made and the, all these FDA approvals. That number has actually grown. It used to be just 10, 15 years ago, every four minutes. Wow. So there is still so much more work that needs to be done. Uh, and I think that just gives tribute to why it's so important that we have volunteers like Tim who participate in this campaign and that we're bringing awareness to, oh. yes, there's some great success. We've got some great success stories with Tyler and Piper, but two, this is gonna this is gonna change the conversation for them and yeah. and just making sure that we are doing everything that we can so that no one ever has to hear those words you've been diagnosed with cancer you have cancer. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you so you guys, how old are you? Six. Six. That's incredible. How old are you? Ten. Ten. Mm -hmm. And and when did when were you guys last treated? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Last time I had chemo? Well, chemo does not... Did, we found out early on chemo, his body does not... You know, it doesn't work yeah. for his cancer, so that's why LLS is huge, because we didn't just get to do... You know, the... 
regular plan that they had set up for us. So then we moved to immunotherapy and then lots of rounds of radiation and then finally a bone marrow transplant. So he probably doesn't know because it was a little bumpier than what we were hoping for. Yeah. Um, But his bone marrow transplant was um, over last summer. So it's been nine months. Yeah. Gee whiz. So how, how long were you in the hospital for? Was it a long time? Like when I very got very first admitted, um, eight days. Eight days, and yeah. Then for the transplant, forty-two. Wow. It felt like one million. And I two. bet that's. <laughs> I've never spent that much time in a hospital. Well, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. So I had the first time I stayed in was eight. My transplant was like forty-two, and then there's. I think I had like one or two visits where I just had to like stay in for like three days. Um. And then I had this, like, bag that I had to wear. It was, like, in this little, like, backpack, like, satchel thing. And it was there was, like, a tube, and it ran into my arm, which in my arm I had a pick line, which is kind of like an IV. And that went on for, like, a, a month. And then I got, like, a two-weeks break, and then I had to do another month of that. Holy smokes. This kid's been through it. I'm telling you. <laughs> that, yeah. Immunotherapy. So he went so eight days in the hospital at yeah. diagnosis. And then we did some chemo. And we were like, well, that's not working. So yeah. we switched plans, talked to some guys over at St. Jude. And immunotherapy was... Uh, He's got some mutations and chromosomes. He's got all sorts of yeah. things. <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> um, so... Immunotherapy is what he's describing, and for that, they'll admit in the hospital because there's a bazillion side effects that they're watching for, and you need to be in the hospital ready to be cared for if anything were to pop up or whatever. So I think he was in his first round of immunotherapy. He was in the hospital for maybe six days or something, and then they're like, okay, you can finish this at home. But, yeah, he had a line running continuously for a month. Got a two-week break, and then we did it all over again with another hospital stay, finished it at home, and then we moved straight to the transplant because even though immunotherapy got him to remission, finally... It depletes everything, right? Well, it would not have stayed in remission, Ah. and we knew that. So um, we moved straight into radiation, two doses of high chemo, and then transplant. Wow. That's We're amazing. tired. I bet. <laughs> that's that's got to take a toll. And how and how about you? How long ago were you treated? Do you remember? So we just passed our one year anniversary of treatment. We actually got to spend it in Hawaii for her make a wish. So it was amazing. That's fantastic. But yeah, Piper's treatment. Piper actually um, had lymphoma. Okay. So we have some leukemia survivors in here. Piper had what's called Burkitt's lymphoma. And um, it was a super aggressive cancer. And she went basically from having no cancer at all to advanced stage three in a matter of three weeks. And um, her initial hospital stay was 26 days. 
And then um, it was supposed to be a regimen of staying in the hospital for seven days and then going home for 14 days for five months. Um, but if you got a fever at home or you developed mouth sores or something, you always had to come back. And so we always end up having to come back. So um, she received four rounds of that. And on average for each round, we were in the hospital probably uh, 14, 14 to 16 days. So we were at the hospital more than we were at home for a yeah. good six months. Now, as parents, were either of you even aware of leukemia and lymphoma issues before? We were not. No. I, well, I when I um, was in high school or middle school, there was a boy in my class that everyone thought he had bronchitis. He was out for a long time and uh, come to find out he had leukemia and he actually um, ended up um, passing away. But that was when I was in middle school. And so that was the only tie that I had had to it. Um, so actually when Piper was sick, um, we were told different things. We were told it was a virus. We were told it was tonsillitis because her tonsils were really big. Um, and which ended up being a tumor in her throat, but we didn't know it. And I had actually, after dealing with doctors and going to appointments for two and a half weeks with her still not being better, I actually Googled symptoms of leukemia. I actually did not even think of lymphoma. And if I would have Googled the symptoms for lymphoma, it was textbook what she had, but I didn't think of it. Um, I just went to leukemia because that's what I had heard more of. And then I remember that boy that I grew up with who had had some of those symptoms. Um, so yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I did not even consider that a possibility. I mean, who does, honestly? Right. Um, and who honestly Googles, wants to Google the, you know, the symptoms of cancer for their child? Nobody does. You always try and find the opposite. So I actually self-diagnosed her with different things. You know, It was like four different things. But if you look up the symptoms for those four, four things, it was textbook lymphoma. I just did not know. Doctors didn't know, nurses didn't know. There's just really not a whole lot of education out there when it comes to lymphoma versus leukemia or either one, right. to be honest, I don't think. Right. We had no experience with yeah. leukemia, lymphoma, nothing. Yeah, I and that's that's just gotta rock your world, you know, as you go but, from- and we, we had been having, you know, some concerns health-wise with Ty, but same as Kim said, like, it's not like, oh, his eyes are a little swollen and he's been getting headaches. That's probably cancer. You think, right. oh, my gosh, he probably has something the matter with his sinuses. Allergies. Allergies. Who knows what, you know. That's never what you think. And even if you maybe, looking back, maybe if you are honest with yourself and maybe think that you still don't let yourself think that because sure. how do you go from headache to leukemia or lymphoma in Piper's yeah. case? Like, like maybe deep down I would be like, I feel like I kind of think it's big. And I think Kim in the video like was like, I knew it was something, but like you never, even if you kind of think that you're not, wanting to think that so yeah I like, felt guilty googling yeah. symptoms yes. of leukemia because mm -hmm. I almost felt like that was willing that upon my child like that could happen I felt guilty doing it yeah but um like I said if I would have been real with myself and googled lymphoma I even if I would have read it I think I probably still would have told myself you're being crazy don't consider that but yeah and yeah. then you and then you go to diagnosis <clears throat> which had to be absolutely devastating 
because you're still not educated on it, right? Right. You know, <laughs> and then and then you know, I mean, where I'm going with this is treatment for young people, especially, is amazing now, right? Yeah. You know, um, so so that had to be just this incredible roller coaster from a parent standpoint. Mm-hmm. I would say um, we brought ourselves into the hospital. Actually, it wasn't kind of like. We had gone to the doctor and they said, oh, something doesn't look right. I think we're going to send you somewhere. Everyone was telling us nothing was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to an emergency room and they said, um, they sent us home. We stayed the night one night and they sent us home. And I had to call the ENT and convince them that I think it's going on, something's going on with Piper's tonsils. You need to just get them out. Like, let's just get those out and that will remove the problem. Um, and so they were going to do that on the Friday and, um, then we couldn't do the surgery cause she had had some Motrin. Um, and so that weekend I just, we just did, we we're like, something is wrong with her. We don't know what it is. It is not a cold. So my husband convinced me to let him take her in to the emergency room, um, at Riley. And that's when we found out. So we honestly had that was not a thought in our head at all. It was just kind of like we brought ourselves there and she was actually supposed to have an appointment there that Monday, but we ended up going on Sunday instead. So that story sounds, <clears throat> pardon me, so familiar. I mean, for myself as well. So this thing I keep telling people now, you know, obviously and being more of a proponent of all this and back to not self-diagnosing because it does scare you because mm-hmm. I mean, I've done it for other things myself is just encourage whoever your healthcare provider is to do more blood work than, I mean, I, I went on stress tests and all kind of stuff they would, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong again for three or four years. And I think, and again, it's always easier to do it in hindsight. If we would have done more blood work three or four years earlier, we would have probably discovered my situation as well. So that's why I tell people if you start getting suspicious or you feel like you keep hitting dead ends, in, you know, demand, encourage, say, is there other Advocate blood work you can for do? Yourself. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, and the earlier, obviously, the better, you know, the earlier the diagnosis, it's amazing, you know, what the treatments they can get, right? Absolutely, and I think what's so special in Ty and Piper's case is, you know, mother's intuition played such a big, I think, in both of your story, and not just mother, but father, and just, you know, especially when we see pediatric cases, it is so much of trusting your gut and just persisting, persisting, persisting of something's not right, something's wrong. Um, and these are just two, two remarkable, absolutely remarkable families. But there, there is so much. And I think what's so interesting with blood cancers is that, you know, there's no, um, there's no early testing. There's no right. testing or prevention that you can go through to get a scanning or a screen and see, mm-hmm. it, am, do I have a higher chance of getting blood cancer? There's... It affects kids, parents, grandparents, all different ages. It's it's not discriminatory towards anybody. And that's right. why, you know, with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, we are able to focus our energy on research, funding the most innovative, top-notch, pioneering treatments to make sure that we are getting ahead of it as much as we can. That when someone is diagnosed, that they have these affordable treatment options that are high quality that will minimize the amount of days that they're in the hospital or tests and treatments that they have to endure so that they can go back to normal as soon as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Um, and and for people listening, where can they go to find out? Because I, I think, is it LLS Indiana? Mm-hmm. You've um, got it, you've got it, yeah. yeah. So we have a phenomenal, and I think that's what people don't realize when they think of LLS, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, a lot of times they 
they think, oh, well, they're all research, but I think you mentioned at the very beginning, we do a lot in terms of patient care yes. as well. So everything from connecting you with one of our informational specialists to talk through, I was just diagnosed, what do I do now? What right. in that moment where the emotion is so raw and you have nowhere to go, talking to a specialist who can direct you to a clinical trial, to treatments, to hospital centers, regardless of where you are, over the phone in the comfort of your own of your own home, so that you're not having to go or travel anywhere. We have support groups, whether that is peer to peer or for caregivers, for parents. We have information resources galore, but there's lots of different ways that the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society can support you, both from a national level and local too. Uh, we have a book club that meets at our Indiana chapter once a month. So again, not necessarily that it has to be driven or focused around you know, treatment or what people are going through, but just to have a space to come and join and meet people who are going through similar situations, whether currently or in the past. Uh, and enjoy something together, enjoy yeah. time together. So lots of lots of different information in different ways that they can be involved with the organization. Incredible. And uh, people can subscribe to an email there too. Absolutely. Your email is really informative because some of the treatments that you were talking about, you guys, it's almost a constant flow of, you know, the diagnosis and the treatments that are popping up through the FDA. FDA Absolutely. Approval, so. we, we laugh about it, but it's a great problem to have and that we have updated information yeah. and three months goes by and we need to reshare updated information. So right. definitely a good problem to have. Uh, but yes, the, the email is a great way to stay up to date, not only with research, but ways to become involved with the organization. We have our Life and Night Walk that people yeah. can participate in and become involved, whether they are honoring someone who may have lost their battle or they are a survivor themselves or just a supporter uh, for our elementary school school ages, we've got our Pennies for Patients program. Uh, for our high school students, we have our Student of the Year fundraising competition, which is very similar to what Tim is doing just at the high school level. Uh, so we really have a lot of different events and campaign programs that people of all ages can get involved with. That's incredible. Tim, um, after your diagnosis, how did you first get connected with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and, and how did that initially benefit you? I probably didn't have as much direct uh, interaction with them during my diagnosis period. I think it was afterwards and hopefully, you know, once my kids would probably disagree with this as far as, you know, dad actually growing up once in a while, but I think you have a different perspective after I made it through um, and things started looking up positively. I actually reached out and as we were sitting, my wife and I had what the right things to start trying to donate toward as opposed to you know, kind of going down the list or above and beyond other things. I, you know, obviously felt very strong about that. So that's where I reached out. And in fact, one of the uh, key people at the organization there today is she still reaches out. In fact, it's funny, the, I think two years after I was uh, out of the treatment, she was sending me update articles and saying, hey, there's a different uh, type of uh, treatment for your type of leukemia now because the version I had or the uh, treatment that they gave me was actually a product that had been uh, approved by the FDA for childhood leukemia back in the 60s and 70s. Wow. And the version I had is only diagnosed for maybe five, six, seven hundred people a year. So very rare. Having worked in the pharmaceutical industry, I realized that um, in this day and age and trying to find things that generate profits, a product like that would never have made it all the way through 
uh, approval in in our regulatory environment today. So it was we started that kind of dialogue, and uh, you know I, I started learning more for whatever reason. I think because you felt that passion, and it's, it's kind of grown from there to then I actually helped support uh, one of the uh, women of the year candidates two or three years ago, and started getting a little bit more involved and seeing the fun, the education, the pain. Yeah, uh, that, that she went through as well and decided that, you know, it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. Well, you, you guys have, you don't have to go ask anybody for money, huh? <laughs> no. Hey, he's done a great job already supporting some of that student of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I know one of the students of the year, um, Cam Cole, uh, he... I think he kind of like ran for the student of year because of me, cause like I'm so I'm his younger brother's best friend. Oh, so like cool. me and his younger brother are best friends, <clears throat> and like we're all family friends. So I'm pretty good friends with Cam too. So he ran for student of the year, and I helped him with some stuff for that. Nice. Not just some. You did a lot. I think you did a lot. What what, what school does Cam go to? Uh, Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. He was our first student candidate from Mount Vernon High School to participate in our Students of the Year campaign this year. So that's incredible. Very very exciting. But both Ty and Piper. I mean, they've got big roles as our Boy and Girl of the Year. Uh, they are like I we said earlier, kind of the the motivation. So they have Absolutely. different drawings and pictures that they send out to the candidates throughout the th throughout the ten weeks. They are available to attend meetings, to attend events. Yeah. Uh, so they very much are. You say the celebrities, but people know across the community who Piper and Ty are. Uh, they're very willing to share their story. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I've had um a lot of like. I've had some Colts players like send some stuff to me, Sweet. and yeah, like I've had T. Y. Hilton send me a helmet that was signed, and then I had Adam and a Terry. He signed a football, and then I had Joe Wright. He signed a jersey and he sent it to me. And yeah, that's just, it's just super cool. That is super cool. That's fantastic. Well, I can tell you this: that when I when I ran my campaign. I had a picture of the boy and girl on my desk. And that was whenever I got frustrated or down or whatever, I'd look and I'd say, okay, this is about them. This isn't about me. So you guys are inspiring a lot of people. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And Piper has done a lot with Riley too. Mm -hmm. She's been a lot, part of a lot of their different campaigns. So we, I, I say it and I truly mean it. We've got the best of the best in terms of our boy and girl of the year and all that they do for us. Uh, we are we are very appreciative of them. And, and they're the most patient kids ever on a podcast. <laughs> absolutely. Ryan makes smiles. She makes smiles. <laughs> <laughs> there might be problems at the end of this. Get <laughs> That's too funny. But one thing that both Tyler and Piper have in common is that they both rang the bell. Tyler rang the bell in early February, correct? Or later? I think February? so. Around there? Yeah. And like Kim said, Piper ran, rang it just uh, just over a year ago, around March mm -hmm. 6th. So pretty cool experience. That is fantastic. And if I can put, Piper, do you care if I put you on the spot? Will She's you, like, I don't you, know. Will you answer a question? Will you answer a question? Because you know the saying right above the bell at Riley when you had to ring it. Do you, Would you be willing to share it with everybody? You can say Maybe. 
Ring tones. Ring this bell. Ring this bell three times well. It's clear to say my my course is run. My treatment's done. My treatment's done. My course is run and I'm on my way. Yes! Got it! Yeah. Still remembers it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so pretty, pretty powerful moment. Mm -hmm. That is an incredible moment. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations to both of you guys. You're my heroes. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> and they're both back at school, yeah. correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And Tyler plays baseball. Yeah. He has been... When did you start practices? I don't know, but my first game is in two weeks. Two weeks. All right. You think you guys are going to win? I don't know. I don't really know really who we play or where or anything. <laughs> That's Mom's job. Mom's got the logistics. I just show up in my uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Do you, what sports have you done? Basketball. She did basketball for nice. the first time this winter. And what else are you doing now? Swimming lessons. She's got swimming lessons, and then there's one more thing that you've been doing. Gymnastics. Oh, nice. goodness. She can't do that right now, though. She just had her tonsils out That's a week right. ago. So she is on a hiatus for two more weeks. We just cannot stay away. <laughs> We're not right. Look at that. She's on a podcast with her tonsils out. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, and You're Piper's dream, right? Can I share this? She's like, will you stop sharing all these things? <laughs> your dream job is to be a vlog, vlogger, right? To have like your own YouTube channel. So this is kind of the first step. This is might be right? the stepping stone to to becoming a, a famous vlogger on YouTube. You know what, Piper? I, so. I have a friend of mine who's a videographer that would totally record you for a video. He'll That'd totally. I'll put you in touch with him. She's got That's a pretty awesome. charming personality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we went um, on our Make-A-Wish trip. I, uh, we had a GoPro, and so she took turns giving updates. Yes. To the to the subscribers for our trip. So <laughs> That's it, fantastic. It was fun, wasn't it? It wasn't it fun. It was fun. <laughs> well, the, the, everything is just just such inspiration here thank you so much for joining us today um the next step of course is for people listening where do they go um Absolutely. because we really need to help you guys out so obviously doug you you can appreciate it because you know i've for the last half hour i've not made phone calls i'm not knocking yeah. people's doors <laughs> so yeah I, I do have to i just feel that itch right now i got to put that pitch in um and i if i had been smart enough i would have I would have uh, hired uh, the pitch man, Ty, over here to yeah. give me a better name for my team than what I ended up with. But uh, if people go to www.10more, spelled out T-E-N-M-O-R-E, for F-O-R-L-L-S, 10moreforlls.com, okay. it'll have our story, it'll link to the kids' stories that are out there, obviously ways to give, which yeah. is important. We have uh, some neat events coming up in April and May. We have Trivia Night at Daniel's Vineyard up in McCordsville. Uh, on Cinco de Mayo, we're going to uh, have a top golf outing to hopefully raise lots of money. And then a bourbon tasting over in Sagamore. Wait a second, table. bourbon tasting. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I will definitely get your signature before, before we're out of here this afternoon. But yeah, those type of things. And obviously, and again, sharing the story and it, it, the $10 donations are just as important as the corporate ones. Absolutely. But absolutely, if, if, if anybody does listen and has a little extra money in their sales and advertising budget, we would love to get you there, get you to the gala. The gala is an awesome time, yeah. as you can attest to, uh, May 18th, downtown Indianapolis, Marriott. 
Yeah, and the silent auction with the with the gala is insane. I mean, Correct. when I when I was there, there was probably three autographed guitars from different you know uh, rock stars. There was trips. There was uh, it was incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've got our largest candidate class this year. So fifteen is the largest group that we've had in the in the course of the Indianapolis campaign. Yeah. So we'll have both a silent auction going on as well as a live auction during the actual program. So what I'm telling everybody. But is if you go to the gala, bring your checkbook too. So credit card works as yeah. well. We <laughs> take either forms. And in fact, I think the reason my wife let me do this this year is because I I'm horrible at those. I love bidding on things, and she figures I'm going to be too preoccupied with the with the event. I won't be able to bid on things this year. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we will uh, we'll put all the links in our show notes when we distribute this as well. But um, thank you again for for joining us today. This is incredible, and thank you guys. You guys were fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. I would have been bouncing off the walls by now if I was you guys. So, but I but I heard you getting like ice cream and candy and everything else. So, okay, moms are looking at me now. Oh, she's definitely ice cream. Like, wait a minute, ice cream? No, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for having us. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review.